Welcome back, listeners, to If I Only Knew. 2023. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great, Fred. I'm fantastic. It's great to be back and uh, chatting with you again. Absolutely. Matt, in 2023, we've been privileged enough to host World Pride in Sydney and other cities in Australia, um, which is a cornerstone event for the LGBTQI plus community and brings to light some of the issues that that community is navigating at the moment. I wanted to grab your thoughts on something that's not happening in Australia, but is certainly very, very big news because of our fascination with North America. Mm-hmm. And that is the idea of the Republican Party in particular and very conservative states making changes, uh, legislative changes and passing laws that marginalise access to healthcare for transgender identified young people that has included bans on typical trans rights uh, and in fact turning those rights to be something that's illegal further the kind of dog whistle where they're conflating transgenderism uh, and drag performance with pedophilia and grooming yeah christ but one of the bills that i thought was really interesting and the reason i raise it is because of the the broader implications is a bill that's been passed in Tennessee at the moment. It's into law. It comes into effect in the 1st of April. It was meant to come into effect in the 1st of July, but they brought it forward seemingly to impact on pride parades in that state. Right. And the bill has a ban on, it's a drag performance ban, but it actually in its wording is very permissible and it speaks and it uses a word, and I can't remember the word at the moment, but it speaks about any performance that's adult in nature or includes a man dressing as a woman or a woman dressing as a man. Oh, right. In a venue, in a public venue, where their behaviour can be perceived by others as sexually charged. Oh, my God. So on one level, it says, you know what, drag queens can't go to schools or do, you know, drag queen story hour at a library for children. But what it really means is that if you're a transgendered individual driving to work and you're pulled over, the legislation has been written in a way that is so broad that if the police officer chooses, they can charge you for living your life. Yeah, right. And it speaks to the idea that politics from time to time more broadly uses this concept of a dog whistle to the base Mm. and the capacity to marginalise, because you don't lose a lot of votes attacking the trans community because the trans community is is a subset of a smaller minority anyway. Yeah. So you are marginalising a minority but a minority that probably wouldn't vote for you regardless. And it's a dog whistle to not just the base, but it's generally a dog whistle to people that are fairly religiously connected. Mm. Can you tell me a bit more about it as a dog whistle? What does that look like? What does that mean? Why do we call it a dog whistle? If we we talk about trans people Mm. and we say we should ban all medical treatment to people under the age of 21, because we want to save the children from these parents that would allow them to believe that they were trans. Right, yeah. That appeals to people that believe that you should look after kids. Mm. And most right-thinking people do. Mm. 
it appeals to people that think that some parents are shitty parents and they should do everything they can to keep their kids safe mm. because those people in keeping their kids safe may never have had to deal with gender identity issues. Mm. It deals with the idea that people that are a little bit older and confronted by concepts like pronouns and just allowing people to be sort of think it's a bit of nonsense. Right. And it's a way of dragging voters from the middle, from the silent majority across the line to your way of thinking. Right. By really picking these wedge issues, these really, really small issues. But what it really translates to is the idea that thousands of kids that are already at a higher risk of self-harm are seeing stuff out in the world that says they're not acceptable. Mm, mm. Entertainers that dress as either women dressing as men, men dressing as women, or non-identified individuals dressing in ways that may not be consistent with their gender identification at birth, being criminalised for that. Yeah. So what's really fascinating is from a civil liberties perspective, the idea of pride marches aren't a celebration. In Sydney, we talk about Mardi Gras, but the reality is it's not a party. It's a civil rights movement. Yeah. And by creating laws that make that difficult to happen, you're actually rolling back civil rights. It starts with this really small issue, really small issue of medical treatment to trans kids or where a drag show can happen. Mm. If they write the laws in a certain way, it means that people can be prosecuted for giving good medical care. Right. Trans people don't get to live in the community. It means that performers that do something for a living can't apply their trade when they're already marginalised. And what that leads to is an erosion of a, a person's right to be themselves. And we've seen totalitarian regimes all around the world at the moment curtailing civil liberties and we spoke in our last podcast about the civil movement in iran at the moment around the treatment of women mm. it's not a dissimilar issue if you can punch down on a small minority of people and make a reasoned argument as to why you're doing it and it being right mm. to appeal to a very silent majority of people that believe it's okay that majority giving power to almost a fundamentalist view. Yeah, yeah. And the particular laws in America that are being passed at the moment are, are really quite egregious, the, the stuff yeah. that you've talked about. I've heard bits of them. They yeah. are really specific, targeted, and almost quite violent, I would say. And, and I think the issue with that is we use it as an example because we're not immune to that sort of gotcha politics in Australia either. Right. Uh, for many years, and you may not be familiar with the name, but one of the names that's synonymous with Sydney Mardi Gras is Fred Nile, the Reverend Fred Nile. Right. The most sex-obsessed person I had ever seen in my life who would come out against Mardi Gras absolutely every year and talk right. about how it was immoral and people going to hell. And But we're not immune to it. What happens, though, is in tough times when... Uh, politicians use the idea of the other as a way of mobilising the majority. Um, if we think that it can't happen to us, I think it's a little bit concerning mm -hmm. because we are only two or three degrees away from that. Um, we have a very conservative or a conservative party in the Australian Liberal Party, but in the Australian Liberal Party, there are what they call uh, a Christian nationalist cohort 
people that are so far right or right in a way where they believe that there should be no separation between church and state. Right, yeah, yeah. People that we have a premier in New South Wales at the moment that's a Roman Catholic, but as a practices in the faith in the context of Opus Day, which is a more fundamental aspect of Roman Catholicism, as I understand it. So you've got these elements there. I think we are in a way more progressive in Australia because just as a society we are and our politics yeah. is, you know, sort of centre left, even when it's right wing. But the reality we have is this potential is there and we can't look at it and say this happens to others. As a psychologist, the reason I'm attuned to issues like this is we already have a great waste of human life around the idea of teen suicide. We know that kids that deal with gender issues and kids that have a trans journey are far more likely to attempt to take their own life. Mm, yeah. It may only be a fraction of a fraction of the statistics, but one is too many. And I would hate to be a parent having to nurture a child going through that journey when basically the uh, the world news and social media allows them to see how other people think they're not okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was a really powerful uh, podcast topic for, for you to lead on, Fred, about the discussions that are being had in America, the legislation in America, and what we observe in Australia being distant but culturally connected to that as a, as a place. Because I saw just last week on Media Watch, which I enjoy uh, watching on the ABC, some conversations uh, from a newspaper where they had plastered on the front of their like letters written in, right? Someone had written in a letter about something going on in their local community um, and, and they'd kind of done this up as the main letter for the day and it was someone's like um, uh, dire complaints about the fact that um, a man had walked into the woman's change room in our local leisure centre and when they tried to be, and then they started taking their clothes off and there were plenty of, you know, young girls getting changed and, and when someone tried to remove them, the staff said that they couldn't do that because this man identified as a woman and it was totally unacceptable and this is crazy and it's a danger to the children, it's a danger mm. to the women. Um, and it was published on the front page of the or on, on the front page of the, of the letters written in like this was the main letter that the newspaper right. chose to publicize in australia um and this was picked up by some some local radio stations in the area and talked about at some length um until a handful of days later um the leisure center and the council of the space was contacted there was no record of any complaints being lodged of anything being made and upon further contact with the person who wrote the letter the newspaper ended up retracting the the um, yep. statement uh, a few days later to me that seems like exactly the kind of cultural fear-mongering that we're seeing in america um or rather that we're seeing the the continuation of or the culmination of in america and this is where it kind of begins at the moment and i think it's very interesting that you wanted to draw that comparison between australia and america when my exposure to this has been more that particular event of seeing where it's starting at the moment in the Australian political and media landscape. So I think that's really interesting and really and concerning. It, it begins with lies. There was great outrage recently, you might have been away, Matt, when a prominent uh, drag performer in Australia, Courtney Act, right. uh, was read a story on Australia's play school. Mm. And the Conservatives in Australia went Durko, uh, the shock jocks and, you know, very uh, conservative aligned news agencies. I asked my eight-year-old daughter what she saw when she looked at that uh, video footage and she said someone in fancy dress reading a story. Yeah, yeah. 
it doesn't influence kids the way people want to tell us it influences kids. Yeah. I think what rounds out the issue, though, and for me and the thing I want listeners to take away from is that it is very easy to fall into a silent majority that allows people to other someone. Right. But the second that politicians use the look over there mm. and the statistic of the statistic of the fraction of the fraction, my only question is, what is it that they're trying to avoid scrutiny on? Yeah. And I think that we are living in a world where there's so much self-interest that when the second that you see somebody punching down on someone, the first question I'd be asked be asking is, what don't you want me to see? Yeah, and that's some fantastic civic-mindedness to have, I think. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for this week's If I Only Knew. Matt, it's fantastic to have you back. I look forward to talking to Matt soon about his trips to India. Matt had a cultural exchange and a study trip to India, which I think is really fascinating and forms a discussion, a broader discussion about, you know, the lucky country. So tune in next week when we talk about Matt's travels. Absolutely. Um, his arrest. And <laughs> broke him out of a horrible prison, Chuck Norris style. That's a lie, but you know what? You know, it, tune in anyway. It'll be very interesting, I'm sure. That's what all the extra um, Humanity Health Group budget went to, the SWAT team to get me out, didn't it? Absolutely. No, it was a one-man team. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Matt. We'll see you again next week. From see you, Miami. everyone. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tuning to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.